0: I think it's a great time to buy. It's a very hard time to buy. So you have to be super aggressive. I'm reluctantly hopeful that we'll see builders start to pick up the pace of building to ease this demand and issue. But that is going to be a continued strain for us over the next year, for sure. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason.
1: Welcome to The... Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason J. Lou Lewis. And today we're getting to dive into co-living. Why I like that, why I'm excited for this is that is how I got started in the real estate world back in 2005, maybe 2006. I bought my first house and it was three-bedroom I converted it to five bedrooms, filled out the attic and the basement, put another bedroom down there. So it was three bedrooms on the main level, one bath and I made uh, uh, two more baths and it was a five bed or still is, I still own it 15, 16 years later, five bed, three baths. And that thing was a game changer for me. It literally allowed me to do all of the things that I was able to do for the next 15, 16 years in the real estate world because of the house hacking, the co-living, some of my good friends, people I lived with. I love co-living. And the man that is taking it to the next level with one of the fastest growing co-living companies in the United States is Mr. Johnny Woof. And we have him on today, and I'm going to let him make it a little introduction, tell us kind of how he got into the co-living space and why he sees it as such a lucrative and also just overall beneficial thing to society that uh, investors can get involved in. So, Johnny, welcome.
0: Hey, Jason, so happy to be here, man. Um, it's so funny, your story. Of uh, the three bedroom you converted to a five bedroom is exactly my story with starting homeroom. I moved to Austin in 2015 and I had four friends that I wanted to reconnect with. And like we went to every landlord that had five bedroom house in the city, and none of them would rent to us because I five roommates weren't what they wanted. So I bought a three bedroom, I added walls, created a five bedroom. I did not do bathrooms. So you're more, you're more gutsy than I am, but my returns were crazy on that house. And then I bought a bunch and then I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. So I bought a bunch of other houses in Austin between 2015 and 2018 rented them by the room. And, you know, I just like, I hate finding roommates on Craigslist and on Facebook marketplace. There has to be a better way to do this. And so I, 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 Talked to a few investor friends who heard what I was doing, and they're like, "Your returns are, you know, amazing. I want to do this." So I thought maybe there's a way I can connect out-of-state investors in this sort of typical like turnkey approach with this model of renting by each room separately. So I, um, yeah, I did that. I moved a emptied my retirement account. I moved to Kansas City because it was just a bit affordable and a bit more cash flow focused for investors and started Home Room in 2018. The first couple years were, you know, hard, hard grinding, figuring out how to make it work. Over the last year we've grown over 500%. Uh, we're now in 31 cities. We have over 80 property investors. So a number of them are buying more than one property and um yeah, we're flying, man. There's so much demand for this type of living on the tenant side.
1: Yeah, I love it. Kansas City, actually. I'm, I'm here in Denver now, but Kansas City is where I got my start. And if it wasn't for those houses, it wasn't for Kansas City. It wasn't for those houses. I almost could guarantee I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, with the twenty plus million dollar portfolios. So it, um, mm. I love co living. I love the concept. Uh, I had roommates yeah. until I was 33 years old. I still did it out here in Denver. Every house I'd buy, and I converted a three bedroom to a four bedroom here in Denver and the lot till so I got engaged and moved in with the you know fiance <laughs> I had a of three roommates and they're all professionals one of them is actually in Kansas City he moved back to Kansas City and he has a uh, bark K bark which is a dog bar and he's now expanding into his like seventh city he's raised millions and millions of dollars and I got to see in that house up on an IKEA um, little whiteboard or their glass board, him like thinking through this concept and getting to see that nice. happen. And then he moved back to Kansas city to start his first location. And, nice. uh, we talked yesterday and he's, he's getting ready to expand into Dallas Phoenix. He has a location. So I just share that it's nothing really do with like co-living and stuff in way of the investing, but the power of like co-living people hear it and they're like, you have roommates at 33. Don't you have like $10 million of real estate? (laughs) And you're like CEO of a company. (laughs) I'm like, yes, but it's, there's such benefit to it financially. And sure. Just friendship. People are lonely now. I mean, they're stuck on the internet and having roommates and the fact that you guys are providing that
0: for people. I love it. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love it so much. Obviously I've dedicated like a couple years of my life to making it a product where we could just reach really far, but the core is like really similar to what you're talking about. Like the connections I, you know, I traveled to Asia with one of my friends that I met on Craigslist. That was a roommate. I met a girlfriend through a roommate. Like there's the connections you make. One of my roommates is a doctor and kind of, and has actually helped me personally with like, uh, you know, and so like, I don't know. I just, Living alone in a studio, now that you get people are getting married at 35 or whatever, 40, living alone in a studio from 22 after you graduate college to when you get married, it just seems like such a lonely road. And actually very few people actually do that. There's only like one in five people in that age range that live alone in studios. The other 80% live in with roommates, which is like 26% of people between 20 and twenty and 40 essentially. And then the other 50% live with parents, which I don't think anyone's happy about. And so like, I just think like having more broad access to this type of living is like super important. I think it helps people like level up their lives. And I don't know, I think it's really cool that you started with it I every time I talk to a house hacker who's gonna do that I'm like do it you have to do it like don't buy a homeroom with my company go house hack in your city that should be your first sure. that should always be your first move you should never talk to me until you've done that in your city ever but once you have like more income and you want to like do passive income far away you can come talk to homeroom but until you've house hacked locally like you should not ever invest with anyone else um it, I, yeah. I think kind of ever
1: the house hacking is Everyone should do it. I mean, I truly believe. Everyone. Even if you're married, I mean, we're we're here. Right. You know, my house that we have now is uh, a new build duplex in the heart of Denver, and it was three stories, rooftop, and all that. And I just built a duplex, and the next door neighbor pays forty four hundred dollars a month in rent, and my mortgage is like fifty five hundred. So I'm living in you know over two two point four million dollars of real estate, and I'm paying a thousand bucks you know in a sense. So even in your married house hacking and doing the roommate. Cause essentially we have a roommate, but we just, a wall separating us, you know, it's sure in a sense, you know, when you do the duplex or fourplex. So, so anyway, it's everyone wants their privacy, but there's so yeah, much I mean, value. You, would you, ba- yeah.
0: Would you rather have like privacy or community, right? Would sure. you rather have, would you rather have wealth or scarce, like not have wealth? Like, I yeah. think those are the choices people are making when they're choosing a house hack or not. Cause like, the numbers are so are so obvious. Like if you really look at them, and like what you do with the duplex, I think is a really great example of like your net worth is skyrocketing every month that you're you have that. And if the person next door is also adding value because you like them, it's like such a huge win win.
1: It's great. There are a couple from Washington D.C. You know, in the late 30s, early 40s, similar to my wife and I, and. You know, on occasion, yeah. we'll grab dinner in the backyard, or and we'll take eat take turns shoveling snow off in the front yeah. porches sure. and stuff. So, you yeah, know, share the chores,
0: man. That's yeah. one of the, the big perks of like having roommates or having like community. Is like you don't have to take the trash out every time. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. Then- so essentially, we've we've talked about how great just co living can be. We're both alive. I think that everyone thinks you're just going to get, you're going to get a roommate as an expert or something. So I want to highlight that we both lived with roommates for multiple years and we're successful people and we're alive. That's first and foremost, that's the most important. So, yeah, so we're all alive because <laughs> I do think when I was doing this, people are like, you're going to get murdered. You don't know these people that are Craigslist. And I'm like, dude, they're fine. Um, so, but so Excuse the concept me. is, we like it. Not everyone, you know, has to, but we're here highlighting people that are interested in this. So the concept is, is here. It's been proven. I've been proving it for 15 plus years and people have been living together for way longer than that. And you've been crushing your concept, you know, since you've started doing it in, um, in Austin and Ken city. So we're good there. So now if someone likes that model, they're excited about our enthusiasm Tell us about kind of what you are doing specifically to kind of scale the co-living and what, you know, homeroom, the company and investors are doing to, to take this out to the masses.
0: Yeah. So in Austin, I I think one of my big, the things that pulled on me was that we had a list a room and there would be like 20 people that would try to get into that room. And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy another house. But it didn't seem like there was anything I personally could do to satiate the demand. And when I moved to Kansas City, roommate demand super high there too. It's like, and it's sort of, I think, surprises people that are from san francisco that like there's a lot of demand for rooms in, in olathe kansas is like yeah it's pretty systemic people want to spend less on housing like that shouldn't be a surprise and that's everywhere in the united states and so i really wanted to figure out a solution to provide that affordable housing in the background though like the community aspect is the part i love about the way of living and so i just i don't know i just i had to figure out a way to do that. So. What we kind of put together was a really beautiful way to get people to come in and they can self-check out. We do machine learning to match roommates. So the compatibility aspect works really well. And then with Homeroom, they stay longer than any other kind of platform like this. They stay over a year, about 16 months is our average. We think that'll expand. But with investors, they get this really cool tenant base that's paying 50% more rent. And so what we do for the investor side is we'll help you find a property. We use data science to identify homes with higher ROIs and better chances for appreciation. And then we'll help you connect with an an agent and a lender to buy the home. And then we'll connect you with an interior designer and a con- uh, a general contractor to set the home up. Occasionally, we'll have you add bedrooms if we think that you're going to get more rent and the space facilitates that. And so we're seeing ROIs or IRRs of above 20% for our investors. Some of our early investors are over 40% because they bought in a, hell- a great time. And so it's yeah, that's really it. It's very turnkey. You come in, you bring 50 to 100 thousand dollars to the table to buy and retrofit the home. Then Homers Machine pairs roommates. And manages that experience for them, and that's that's the homeroom offering. And it's so far we've had a thousand roommates. No one has died; they're all alive, which <laughs> I think is important. And um, we've had a few marriages come out of it. We've had people that say that you know have best friends that have come out of it. But everyone saved a lot of money on housing, right? They're paying less than they're paying fifty percent less than they'd pay on a studio apartment in the exact same neighborhood.
1: That's great. So. Someone has that 50 or 100K. They live in San Francisco or Denver, somewhere where you can't really buy a property with 50K. You know, when our average house is 700,000, if you need 20% down, that's sadly a little more than, you know, 50K. So, but they love this concept. They want to invest. Yeah. Where, what's kind of like the next steps? And then you said they connect him with a, a broker. And is this a traditional purchase or are they purchase as an investment property? Or they, how are they structured the financing? Is traditional local bank portfolio loans? Do you guys have lenders, hard money?
0: Yeah, good questions. So they come in, they'll talk to our sales team first, and we'll say, hey, here's, how the process works. We're going to connect you with a with lender to get pre-approved. We typically use a conventional lender, and we recommend as much leverage as they feel comfortable with, which is we do. We have 15% down loans available through our lenders. Once they're pre-approved, we will start to identify homes for them, and once they have a home that they like. We'll actually take the home. We do the underwriting. We'll do a pro, a pro forma for that home with forecasted rents, and we'll connect them to an agent to make an offer on the property. It's a, it's on the MLS. It's um, So they'll make an offer, and... Because they're going to be getting more rent, 50% higher than a typical landlord, we encourage them to be a bit more aggressive. Right. And so that's, I think that's the key in this market. If you're trying to bargain shop, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're not going to buy a house for like seven years right now. But if you can get more rent and the, the returns still look great because your rent's 50% higher, then you can pay $5,000 more than anybody else. And so that's kind of been our playbook and it's worked for investors really well. And, you know, we're able to win like over half the deals we're getting. we're we're trying to get on the MLS through that approach.
1: Yeah. And I think another option people are maybe looking at would just to buy an out-of-state, you know, STR short-term rental, which is another option. But to me, that doesn't, I own them and, you know, I have them and a lot of our clients have them, but I have a little gut feeling that it's just, it's it's kind of wrong. And again. Uh, like because you're taking a home that elo- and the house prices are skyrocketing, and a millennial wants to own a home. This out of state investor with money comes in and converts it to an Airbnb, and you're not mm-hmm. really adding to the community. You're not building a community mm-hmm. with the neighbors. People are coming and going. It's a little tough for me, at least. That's why I haven't you know 10x sure. down on the short term rental. But why I say that is someone can do something similar with this homeroom mm-hmm. and, and do. House hack, short-term renting is house hack because the house wasn't meant to be a hotel originally and you're hacking it. And this isn't meant to set up to be roommates, so you're hacking it, but you're adding so much more to even the community and the neighbors because they have a, a solid base of people that they get to know and build a relationship with as well. So. Yeah, so I mean, anyway. we actually
0: even had, we had, I think it's really healthy for these, you know, aging neighborhoods that were in sure. to have like an infusion of 25 year olds. Yes. Uh, it, we're not really, you don't really discriminate on age, but the average age at homeroom is, is 27. And we had a, a case where one of our residents saw an older neighbor fall and like called the ambulance and saved the guy's life, right? Like it's these, we can't get millennials into these neighborhoods because they can't afford to buy houses um but this is a way to do that right and to kind of balance out the and you know some of the and you know we're very mindful about the neighborhood too we like make sure there's enough parking in front of the house yep. uh, we make sure that we're taking care really beautiful care of the exterior so that the, the neighborhood's better and the network between our people and our co-living homes are the, is really strong with the community because we want yeah i agree with you the short-term rental thing the unit economics are amazing but like Everyone's pissed for <laughs> sure around that house. Yeah. Right. Because, like, the version of you that goes to a hotel is the worst version of you. Like, you know, <laughs> I always say, like, yeah. that's the version of you that you don't want your mom to know because you're just irresponsible. You just like throw stuff on the ground, you know, like, you know, and that's sort of the case with Airbnb, although the star rating makes people behave a little better, but it definitely doesn't build connection to the community. And so, like, yeah, with Homeroom, we're doing that and we're doing it like inside the house and outside of the house
1: for sure. So so they get one of these properties, they get it all set up. What kind of what's next? So they have one, they buy one, it's rented. What's year 2 look like for your typical investor?
0: Yeah, I mean, year 2 is great. The only part where there's effort is the purchase where you have to get pre-approved for a loan which involves documents. <laughs> You send a lot of documents to somebody, which is no one really likes that part. And then you write a check to the our partners to do the work for you, and then you're good. After that, it's pretty plug and play. There's not much to do. One of the things that's really interesting, or one of the things that you don't it doesn't intuitively like appear if you're thinking about this type of investment is that it's actually more stable than a single family rental in terms of its, its its revenues. You have six kind of micro units within one house. So if you lose one or two tenants, you're still covering your mortgage with four out of six. We've never had a house be completely vacant. So it's almost like now you have income forever in a house because there's individual leases throughout the house. So it's really, it's a really good performing asset and you just, cash in at that point, you know, and you can eventually sell it to another collegiate investor on our platform if you want, or you can convert it back to a single family home, sell it that way. Either way is we've had success with both approaches. So
1: that's great. And going back to the comment about your best self doesn't always come out when you go to a hotel where you you can (laughs) is I, I think sometimes the the opposite can be said in a positive way for roommate situation is that like mm-hmm. you 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 kind of got to be on your little best behavior. What I've learned having roommates, and also when I rented my houses after I moved out of them and it was just renting per bedroom, is that people went elsewhere to have their not best best self come out. They went to the place where the four roommates that all knew each other, the frat brothers that rented that house all together. That's where they went to party. They didn't bring the party to our house or my house, because there was two or three other roommates. They wanted to be, you know, mm-hmm. considerate of them. Respect. And so then they went elsewhere to party and then they would come home in the morning and we'd hear the stories. So I was like, I don't want to own the house that the four roommates that all know each other. I want to own the co-living where they come home and they're, yeah, it's quiet. Yeah. And cause there's three other people that they kind of have to be accountable to and respectful mm-hmm. for. And, uh, so I think that that's, a lot of people would think that, oh, I don't want roommates. I don't want, but I liked roommates. And there was a stat for me, and this is a straight up stat. I can I can show the data going back to 2005 or 2006 when I bought the house. I never missed, didn't cover my mortgage payment through roommates until I converted those into long-term rentals. And ever since mm-hmm. then, there has been multiple months through all the ones I room rented that I've Had multiple months of vacancy because tenant turn. My very first house in Kansas City, 1906 West 71st Street, is sitting vacant right now with a tenant turn my property management company gave me of $11,628 this week. I never had more than, I mean, like a couple grand a year in maintenance because the houses of furniture stayed the walls stayed the same no one dinged or dented stuff because everyone was everything was there and when tenants turn and move everything out this was a family and they'd lived there two or three years in this house and it just needs fully updated at this point you know because they they were mm-hmm. they lived there they had a couple of kids a couple of dogs and husband and wife and they lived there so now walls need painting doors need fixed up mm-hmm. i never had that when i room rented so i yeah, think for people that's, investing that's... in it is i actually i think the same couch was there in the living room from 05 to until when i converted the house to a long-term rent you know 10 years later i literally i think the couch was there which
0: meant i know i didn't replace carpet so anyway
1: yeah just another. I,
0: I, that's one of the big kind of qu- questions we'll get is like well with like you know five roommates isn't that aren't they going to destroy the property because and there's you touched on like the two big ones, right? Are they going to party? And the answer is no, no, because never. It, it literally it never happened. Never, we've never we've never had a single like party top call ever. No, yeah, never. Because like these are young professionals; they're past that stage for one. But secondly, not not everyone right really wants that. And there's natural accountability in terms of repairs. Like we see less repairs at home rooms yeah we one of the key ones is we have they're adults, and they're in every part of the house. so they see like leaks faster, right? They like identify problems and they're very communicative. whereas like a two year old is not going to identify an issue a leak in their room necessarily. And so we have eyes and ears everywhere. They have an app where they can sh- share issues with us. But typically turns are like don't cost anything at home no. room. We send a cleaner. they have to clean it themselves, and then the next person moves in. And then, the rent keeps coming in and there's not like, you know, and we have, we have maid service to keep it clean and report any issues, but I don't know. It's actually, I would much rather have six adult roommates than have like a family with dogs and kids. Like 100%, 100%, the level of like, I would say like we try to like a 10 would be a person that never is home ever. That's the perfect tenant. They don't even go in the house ever. The the Uh, 10 is the
1: one that has a significant other, a girlfriend or boyfriend that they go to their place and just stay there. So their house just sits there.
0: So it's there. And and then they turn on the pipes once in a while. But yeah, I think co-living is like an eight. And I think like the worst is like children, and lots of pets. Like, yeah, that's the one that caused yeah. the most destruction. So I just think like, it's a, it's a great tenant base. And so all the fears, there's fears about having any tenant, all tenants can do stuff, but like, for sure. Like, co living tenants have accountability. You can't screw up the kitchen because like your roommates can be like, dude, I have to cook today. So it's like, there's also other people making you behave better. So it's, it's, it's a really good environment for your house essentially. Yeah. And I, I have
1: seven, six, 17 years of, of track record of the two in the same house. And if I want to run the numbers of once I converted to long-term of what my true return was, it's mm-hmm. abysmal compared to my five roommates paying my, you know, what was 600 or seven, 800? I don't know what those were, that house was back in the day, but it's a significant difference. So, mm-hmm. and I own a property management company. I want to highlight, like we have managed 250 long-term, you know, single lease tenants, and there, there's a purpose, there's a reason for those, and there's but there also I think is yeah. a a slot for investors to do the roommate situation. So yeah. I think there's it's kind of like a stock market. If you have multiple houses, some of those houses, the highest and best, could be short term, some of them could be co-living and some could be long-term, you know? So I think just like mm-hmm. a stock, you have your, your oil and gas stocks, you have your stock startup stocks and you have your Coca-Cola stocks. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's a good mix that. to kind of mix them. So,
0: yeah, we, that's how we, and that's how we're, you know, actually I, Homeroom has, like, long-term dreams of actually offering all three of those to investors. And we think of it in terms of two dimensions where it's, like, type of type of house, single-family rental, co-living, and short-term rental. We see co-living is kind of in the middle, the best of both. But you're right. Sometimes short-term rental is the right play because it's, like, downtown and the house is a little too expensive. And But you know it's going to appreciate. Sometimes short-term, long-term rental is the play because it's just, like, You can't get more from co-living and why invest up front? And then we think about in terms of geography too, right? So do you want appreciation or cash flow? Where in this spectrum do you want to be in Pittsburgh or Austin or Denver? And so I think that's the dream for for presenting to investors is like, I've seen these matrices of like the stock market and different asset classes where it's like, okay, we have to have some gold for not a lot of appreciation, but like security, we need tech stocks, we need startup stocks, all these things. I'd love to create a matrix like that for investors where they're like, I want to mix my stock portfolio of houses and type of management to create kind of a good balance, right? Where you get efficient performance and you mitigate risk at the same time. For sure. So I like it. I'm in. I have always been, and I'm still in, and I'm alive again. We're alive and you're alive. So. <laughs> and you're alive, Jason. Yeah. The crew, so, the crucial piece. The yeah. Crucial piece. Yeah.
1: That, it's just surprising <laughs> that literally that was my mom and like friends are like, you're going to get murdered in your sleep. Like that was like the, that's the number one, like one, why do you have roommates? And two, Oh, by the way, you're, they're going to be you're an ax murderer in-, uh, in the middle of yeah, the night.
0: So you're going to die. You're
1: yeah. definitely going to die. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, well, cool. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. Excited to have you on here in the future to kind of hear uh, about you know where where things have gone and and different tech applications and all the different things that will overlay onto the you know co living homeroom concept to make it even better than it already is. So we normally go in, take a quick a quick break, and go to the final five. But I, I think just for you know timing's sake, let's just kind of go right into it and and I'll just honestly ask the main one of the five we normally ask is just, where do you kind of see the market in this next year?
0: Yeah. I think we see it continuing in the trajectory it's going. We've got a few questions like, Hey, is the market going to crash? And the answer is no, because housing doesn't turn. It's a big ship that turns slowly, not like a speedboat that can zig around the, you know, the 20, 2008 is still so fresh in everyone's mind in which the housing market crashed suddenly, but really that wasn't a, it was, that was more of a,
1: an issue, um, yeah, mor- yeah. Regulation, mortgage, mortgage crash, and a home crash. It was
0: a mortgage. It was a mortgage. And so, like, and so now, because of that, there's less housing supply being built, and it's not as if that can be turned on like a light switch. And the the demand is higher, and supply keeps going down. So there, I just don't see any way out of that. So I think it will continue. We'll continue to see above inflation appreciation. Inflation is high, so I think appreciation in the five to eight range kind of nationwide is very likely. Um, I do think that for me, that means you should buy as fast as you can, if possible, and be aggressive in purchasing. Because if you buy a house that appreciates over 5% a year, your your ROI is gonna be above 20% by default if you use leverage. So I think it's a great time to buy. It's a very hard time to buy. So you have to be super aggressive. That's, I think, where I see it going. I'm reluctantly hopeful that we'll see builders start to pick up the pace a building to kind of ease this supply and demand in equal in like issue, but that is going to be a continued strain for us over the next year, for sure.
1: Yeah. And I'll just make a comment on that is I think that that is one of the main benefits to co-living concept is that if mm-hmm. the higher affordability or the lower affordability becomes the higher the prices, the less likely people are to go be able to afford their own apartment or their buy their home. So and they want to get out of the that 50% of the parents' basement. So co-living, <laughs> if done right, and actually, you know, is is a very stable opportunity for an investor because the higher the affordability or the less affordability is, the more likely you are going to have roommates. So I was in it in 08, I bought the first house in 06. So I got to see what 08 did. And my business of room renting at that time skyrocketed because no one wanted to buy a home. They were fearful of buying homes, So they had the ability. So I got amazing roommates that otherwise would have bought homes in a normal market. So it actually helped me. Whereas if that would have been a normal family house and renting full lease, it would have been tough. So prices went down, mine went up. So anyway, yeah, so
0: it's interesting when people can't buy their high quality like that, what they, that's, that's their number one kind of turn to, cause yeah. Living in the parents' basement, not good for your dating life. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah.
1: Tinder game gets hurt a little bit. So <laughs> yeah,
0: where, yeah, where's your, where's your apartment? Uh, uh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, cool. So what's the best way I know there's, you know, people out there, hopefully they'll reach out to you and be interested. So what's the best way for them to contact you? We can throw in the show notes.
0: Yeah, awesome. Uh, Johnny at livehomeroom.com. You can email me there. You can see our website, livehomeroom.com. If you're interested in investing, it's a backslash invest. And yeah, it's really simple. You could just hit a button and Calendly will pop up and you can schedule a call with one of my team. They're all very experienced real estate guys. And um, yeah, they're fun to talk to. And uh, I like it. Peter has a a killer beard. So hopefully you get Peter. (laughs) I like it. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> All right,
1: Johnny, I really appreciate it and excited to see kind of what comes about with the co-living in the next few years and, uh, excited to follow you along with your guys' success. So, and, uh, appreciate you coming on today.
0: Thanks Jason. Really, really enjoyed it, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Excellent. Well, listeners, as always until next time, think outside the box.